What's up, what's up? This is Brian Ford with Self-Improvement Daily. Take ownership of your personal development, one tip at a time. And first, I just want to express how grateful I am for you. The fact that you're taking the time today to listen to me and what I have to say, it truly humbles me and it encourages me to continue being better for you. With that in mind, it's time for a self-improvement sit-down. In our self-improvement sit-down interviews, I chat with leaders, experts, and individuals who've undergone amazing transformations so that we can hear their secret sauce and see something a little differently than we did before. It's not all too different than the typical weekday podcast episode, a daily two-minute actionable personal development tip or approach, except that we get to extend the conversation and go a few layers deeper into the thought and better see how it relates to us as individuals. Today's guest makes me smile. Her quiet confidence and refreshing enthusiasm is contagious and something I've really valued in my time knowing her. This is self-improvement sit-down number 24 with Radha Agrawal. And we are live. Today's guest is a special soul. Her name is Radha Agrawal. Radha is the founder and CEO of one of my favorite things in the world. Her company is called Daybreaker, and they host amazing dance parties, but the catch is they're in the morning. There's a judgment-free space. It's substance-free, and all community members come together and enjoy each other's company through dance. She's also the founder of a feminine hygiene and underwear line called Thinks, and she's the author of the amazing book, Belong, Find Your People, Create Community, and Live a More Connected Life. When I met Radha at a Daybreaker event, she talked about the seven chakras. And with the podcast, what really stood out to me was the throat chakra, which houses our voice and our ability to influence and express ourselves. Radha, with that in mind, it's an absolute honor to share our voices today and to speak with you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Brian. It's beautiful to be here. Absolutely. And first, I just want to thank you for stepping up as a leader. You know, with um, the coronavirus and different things going on, there's a lot of changes and you're kind of really stepping up as a leader and still providing for your community and coming up with creative ways to do so. So um, Daybreaker Live, you know, normally these are in-person events. Daybreaker Live is a digital event where you're bringing people from across the world uh, to dance and share a Zoom call to like really connect and kind of feel each other's love. And you call it social dist dancing, which I think is the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. Um, but it's something that I really enjoyed and, and just keep on inspiring, continue to be the leader that we need, especially in these times. So, so thank you for that. Um, and and as, as I talk about that, you know, I mean, this is about bringing people together and you're an expert at building community. It's, it's needed more uh, now than ever. And in your book, Belong, you share your spin on our human hierarchy of needs where belonging is actually a basic human need at the bottom of the period that you propose. Um, and then within that pyramid, that hierarchy of needs, you have community as a vital ingredient that speaks to all different levels, which I think is a really interesting take and spin on it. And I just love to kind of understand a little bit more. Um, can you tell us why belonging is something that we so desperately need as humans, you know, as a basic need? And how can community be used to help people feel like they belong? Absolutely. So, so first of all, um, you know, belonging is the feeling of ah, I'm 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 home. I'm seen. I I feel fully accepted for who I am. And um, you know, one in four Americans don't feel that. One in four Americans don't feel like they belong. They feel socially isolated. They feel like they're they're misunderstood. And and um, and so, you know, in my research, um, you know, on 
what it means to sort of lead the most joyful, the most connected, the most successful life. Belonging turns out is as important to your physical health um, as food and shelter and um, and and you know having having clothing on your back, right? So it's um, if you look at research, like recent research, and I think this is also why. I've been able to move it from Maslow's hierarchy of needs from the second rung into, or the third rung rather, into the first, the base, the, the, the most important part of the pyramid, the basic human needs, is there has been now new research over the last hundred years that has been done. Um, so Harvard came out with a study, a 70-year longitudinal study, where they followed 700 men, actually, it was a, it was a male study, and they discovered at the end of their life that that the key to their health and happiness was not, you know, having a big house, having this big nice shelter, having all the money in the world, having all the power in the world. It was, it was authentic, meaningful connections. It was relationships. And mm. so, um, you know, in light of all of these new findings, also uh, Harvard came out with another study that shared that, um, you know, having poor social ties, having weak connections, is as harmful to your physical health as being an alcoholic and twice harmful as obesity, mm-hmm. right? So think about that through the lens of your physical body, right? If you don't belong, you're physically sick, that your your cells are more susceptible to sickness, which is why in this time of, of corona, you know, what's happening to our world right now, actually being socially isolated makes you sicker. So I'm very afraid of, you know, what's going to happen to the individuals who are social distancing, who are not, uh, who are living alone, who are not, um, who, who are one of those, you know, one in four humans who don't have community members who are truly alone. So I'm, I'm, I'm really, really um, imploring everyone listening or just everyone um, I can who will listen to call someone that you think or FaceTime someone that you think is alone right now that doesn't normally get, um, much love, whether it's a relative, a friend from college or high school that you've lost touch with, someone that you know is typically a lonely person or alone, alone, uh, an isolated person. Let's take that time to make that phone call because we can truly save lives right now. It's very, very. I, I think that uh, isolation is is actually a, a deadlier virus than, than Corona by by uh, you know an order of magnitude. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense, especially with the research kind of stating that. If you're talking about basic human needs, like this is affecting your physical health, right? I mean, that's the point is just like food, just like water, just like shelter, like your physical health is dependent on this ability to connect with other people because as humans, we require it, you know, just to function um, physiologically, which I think is very interesting. And I'm glad that some research has come to light about that because as you said, now is a time when a lot of people are neglecting. I mean, they're forced to, but they're neglecting that, that fundamental need. Um, and there are different things that we, yeah, people think that, that making friends isn't, if I have time kind of thing, right. It's like, I got to get a good job. I got to find love, romantic love. Like we prioritize those two things well over friendships. So we'll often cancel on friends to go on a first Tinder date, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll cancel on friends if we have too much work to do. Um, and, and you know, we aren't realizing actually that the friendships we have are actually uh, the, the, the and, and the level, the depth of the friendships that we cultivate, that we spend time on 
is actually what helps us become more financially successful, live longer and healthier lives, and are, are generally overall a happier person, right? So if we actually moved our friendships, our community, um, above everything else, and of course your partner can also be your best friend, like my partner is also my best friend, um, and you know, if you begin prioritizing friendships and you begin prioritizing meaningful relationships, not just friends that you go out and party with and get drunk with and shit talk each other behind your backs, but friends that you actually know will raise you up and are genuinely celebratory of your successes. Those are the friends will, that will make you feel happier and will ultimately lead you to more success. Because for me, for example, when I was starting Thinks or Daybreaker, you know, it was really my friends that encouraged me that showed up who bought, you know, bought the first underwear on Kickstarter, who showed up and bought tickets to the very first daybreaker, didn't ask to be slid onto the guest list, but actually showed up and, and paid for their tickets. And for the live stream also, I had hundreds of friends buy live stream tickets, show up, be there, dress up in costume, you know, sharing encouraging notes and messages. Um uh, of support after, you know, we shared that we had to close down, you know, 28 cities had to shut down all of our live events. Um, and we were really, you know, figuring out how to keep the movement alive. Um, and to have, you know, personally our friendship and then 3000 of our daybreaker community members show up to the first live stream was again, a testament to, you know, prioritizing friendships over, over all else. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't, I can't share that enough. And especially in men, actually, uh, men above the age of 50 give all of their intimacy to, um, to their partner, um, if at all. And so um, to amortize your emotional relationships, your, your, your sense of belonging, that exhale of I'm home, to beyond just your spouse, or your partner, but to friends as well is actually mission critical in life. And so you know, every single person needs at least, you know, three to five friends um, to really feel happy, successful and worthy. That That's a fantastic point. And I'm, I'm glad how you kind of hit upon the spectrum of what community does, right? Because community builds relationships. And then through those relationships, you then catalyze the rest of your life. And I think you even call your your local team members, uh, community catalysts, right? Because yep. that's exactly what's happening is you're encouraging this behavior and you're setting the culture up front. And and I was actually talking to a listener yesterday, his name's Aries, and we were talking about this idea of uh, when things start to happen, the first thing that we compromise is ourself. And for whatever reason, like when you're talking about the job or the sex or the relationship or the the house, you know, like it's, it's almost like you got to feed yourself before you feed these other things, right? And it's like we, we do so often compromise ourselves and part of compromising ourselves are, the, you know, prioritizing these relationships, which then we just realize is the catalyst to success in all those different areas. Um, and it, it's just totally related to Adam Roa's, uh, his great poem, Treat Yourself Like Someone You Love. You know, it's like you have so much compassion for other people, but you're the first person that you lose compassion for when things start to go wrong. Um, so, I mean, it's just like, it's a very interesting point in how community can be that, um, that reminder that you need to prioritize friendships and relationships and intimacy, because that is going to be the vehicle that helps you create, you know, more success and more fulfillment in other areas. Um, so I think that's a beautiful point. And, and I, I'd love to kind of then extend this idea because, okay, so great community is important and it, you know, supports our baseline needs. Now, 
what can we actually do to kind of uh, to sustain community and to build culture within a community and kind of something that I've learned from you, which is amazing is energy. Like energy is everything, physical energy, spiritual energy, emotional energy. It's unspoken. It can't be faked. It's authentic. Right. And, and that's something that Daybreaker is so good at is people show up with the right energy and it just creates this culture that other people crave. And then everyone experiences the benefit from that. So can you just tell us more about kind of us as people and as energetic beings, what, what does our energy do when we're communicating with other people and how is that then received and how does that contribute to this whole matrix of relationships and, and well-being? So, so yeah, energy is the ultimate backbone of life and, and it's really what we measure sort of, um, the type of person you want to be around. So I always say to anyone, you know, sort of, how do I make friends? How do I, I moved to a new city. I started a new job. I, you know, I got divorced or I got married, you know, I, I just got a kid and how do I do this thing? The, the making new friends thing. And, and I, I just start by saying, well, just start by wagging your tail. You know, like <laughs> that's really, you know, that's really the essence of, of, of energy is, is if you show up and you're, I always say like be the thermostat, not the thermometer, right? Set the temperature. Don't mirror the temperature in the room. Like you get to set the temperature. You get to be the one that wags your tail. You get to be the one that says, you know, I call it an FYF in my book, a fuck yeah friend, pardon the friend. Love it. F yeah, you know, an F yeah friend. And and this idea that, you know, if you if you say F yeah, I'm down to do this. Like F yeah, I'll try this weird new morning dance party thing that's sober and weekday mornings. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll totally come and I'm buying a ticket and I'm supporting you. And you know, if if you walk into any situation versus saying, "Wait, what is that? That's so dumb. I'm not going." And like, and then of course, and you automatically, you know, kind of negative Nelly a thing. Um, then you know you're gonna have a hard time making friends. But if you're the type of person who's always leaning in who's and again doesn't have to be like an enthusiastic person all the time because we're all we're all different you know i'm a naturally enthusiastic person but i have so many friends who are relaxed enthusiastic you know mm-hmm. um but 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 they're still enthusiastic in the way that they are they they can be right so you know whether you're a quote introvert extrovert we can talk about that i don't, I don't believe in those terms either. I, I really believe that we're all metaverts, that we are a mix of introvert and extrovert, that we live in those two worlds. Um, but it, whether, you know, whether you are, you know, you, you, you sort of label yourself as one or the other, you could still show up enthusiastically. You just, you could still be wagging your tail. Um, and, and when you do, when you show up with enthusiasm and excitement, you will have friends for life. I mean, that is, that is, kind of rule number one. And if you show up with a raised eyebrow with a shoulder shrugging kind of negative Nelly attitude, you'll be very, very hard pressed to have friends or you'll be attracting, you know, all the wrong people and ask yourself, why am I always attracting all the wrong people? It's because the energy that you're putting out, the vibrations that you're putting out are actually calling in those types of people. So really, you know, who you spend your time with is really a reflection of who you are and what you're putting out, right? So energy is truly kind of the everything sense. It's it's the the you know, it's the thing that you can't necessarily see, smell or or taste or touch, but it's it's the most potent of, of all. You know? hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, like there's a sixth sense almost in the way that we can feel what other people are exuding, right? And we just can't really put a name on it. We just know it's there and we respond to it, right? It's contagious. That's something to talk about too. And I think I think that's really interesting how you just talked about kind of 
the, the different components of that because something that's you know pillar to your book and you know your life practice is vulnerability intention and courage and kind of what you're talking about there you know um, with through enthusiasm and through excitement you know you're being intentional and in showing up in that way so that covers that and then vulnerable is the fyf you know the fuck yeah friend just show up and be there and like who knows what's going to happen um and then that requires the courage you know so these three things kind of come together to create an experience um, which, which right. i think is incredible um but yeah, so what, I mean, outside of, of energy then, what other ways can we be intentional? Like you said, you know, surround yourself with the right people, but what, what other kind of ways can we be intentional in our life to make sure we're cultivating the right energy around us? Yes, I mean, every aspect of life can be intentional. The spaces that we create, that we live in, you know, how do we, you know, inspire at the office? How do we create environments of inclusion? So I give an example of my partner, Eli, who worked at a financial institution. And, you know, he was the first, you know, just out of college, first, you know, kind of first year finance person and um, was in a cubicle with all of his, you know, other uh, colleagues. And, and instead of just kind of doing his job, clocking and clocking out, he went ahead and started an office game. And every Friday, invited the entire office to, including the managing directors and all of his bosses. So every Friday, they would come together and they would play these games. And um, and that brought the whole office together. It created an atmosphere of camaraderie, of competition, of, of fun and play. And the winner would get a bo- you know, box of candy. And then that box candy would live on their desk until the following week, right? And so, you know, living a life intentionally like that, again, you know, people can just go about their lives and not courageously stick their necks out, right? Or vulnerably stick their necks out and just be like, I'm just going to do my job as told and that's it. Or you as a first timer, a few months into your job can go and create a fun game that brings a whole community together at your office. And so uh, a normally boring environment became a place where people were excited to go to every day because that camaraderie was developed over, over the weeks of playing those games. And so you know, every aspect of life can be intentional. When you go home for your holidays, you know, with your family over whatever break or Thanksgiving, instead of just having wine and cheese parties, can you have, you know, a question and answer game where you put a bunch of questions in a jar and over dinner, everyone picks out a question in the jar that the whole table listens to the answer from everyone. It's not just everyone talking to each other. and It's kind of just another kind of, you know, sort of intentionless dinner. So there's so many aspects of life where you can invite more intention, more connection, more sort of inclusivity that ultimately creates a deeper, more meaningful community. And there's a million other examples. Like another example is um, one last one I can share is you know, going to the hospital when when my my partner's father was sick. He he's, he's since passed, um, but when he was sick, uh, we would go to the hospital to visit him, and we would bring gold stars. And then uh, whenever the nurses would come in or the doctors would come in to check up on him, we would give them gold stars and just say, hey, put on your badge. You're doing an amazing job. Thank you so much for taking care you know, of, of dad. And, and we, we would put gold stars on everyone's badges. And there was even the doctors, you know, white-haired doctors got really into it and they were competing for who had more gold stars. And it just made the entire hospital experience light up, you know? And um, yeah, this is just like, I mean, every aspect of life, we just brought a little bit more play, a little bit more intention, a little bit more, uh, a, a sense of community and inclusivity to it. Every aspect of life could be, 
could be so much more fun, so much more meaningful, so much more exciting. Yeah, I, I love those examples. And I'm glad that you kind of said it in that order too, because you put on those different, like the VIC, you know, being vulnerable, being intentional, being courageous. You put like each one of those is built into each one of those stories. You know, for example, you show up with the gold stars, maybe the nursing staff, they're overworked and they're not receptive to it. Then you risk by putting yourself out there how you're going to show up and how you're going to be received, right? So you have to kind of show up as a leader, be intentional, setting the thermostat for what you want to deliver to the experience, being vulnerable to the other people um, and, and their response to that, and then having the courage to actually move forward with it. You know, so it's like each one of those stories, I think, touches on, um, you know, being vulnerable, being intentional, being courageous. And I didn't realize how intertwined they were until you started telling stories. So that's that's a really awesome way. And I mean, and, and that's exactly it. I mean, the fact that you guys can go in there and change people's experience. I mean, that's, that is creating community, right? That's, that's curating a new energy that other people are benefiting from. And I think it's, it's a beautiful thing that you're doing across the board, you know, and it's, it's just really important. Um, and then I think kind of the next level to it and something that you touched on uh, at the Daybreaker event that I met you at was kind of the idea of interdependent living, right? So if we have energy and if energy is contagious, that means it's shared and resources are shared and community is this, and belonging is this collection of shared resource. And I think a lot of people kind of see that as a mindset shift, you know, like perhaps, um, perhaps everyone takes care of themselves, you know, like thinking about that first, but really the tide that raises all ships, taking care of all is what takes care of the individual most. Um, and you kind of described it as like, we're, we're a super organism, how we're dependent on each other. And I, I loved how you're able to articulate this idea of kind of interdependent living. Do you mind kind of elaborating or maybe like recapping some of those thoughts? Because that was a, a really profound thought. Yeah, we're we're um we're actually just releasing a video um this week around the superorganism um with the Greater Good Science Center founder. We're doing a big study with them um to really research this idea that when the superorganism comes together, when we're when we're in a collective environment, um that and, and we dance together and celebrate together, that we are um we are exponentially happier, we are actually exponentially smarter. Um, we are exponentially more creative um, and activating all of our senses. So the superorganism, like actually putting your shoes on and showing up into a group environment, into a community superorganism environment, right? Um, there's now you know multiple studies that show that that you are you are smarter when you're out in the world, um, and 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 you're actually dumber when you're staying at home and you're on your phone and your computer. Um, all day and all night you, you you don't you're not activating the five senses that make us the magical humans the powerful humans that we are um and you know the superorganism also you know we, it inspires an oxytocin release there's we have these four happy brain chemicals um that i i coined the term dose and dose stands for dopamine oxytocin serotonin and endorphins and when you're in a superorganism when you're in a collective you're actually able to release your four heavy brain chemicals that you could never release just on your own. Mm -hmm. um, so the oxytocin you get from being shoulder to shoulder in community with other people in the same room, oxytocin is our cuddle hormone, it's our intimacy hormone that we that we get from receiving a hug or receiving, you know, dancing with someone, twirling them around, or just being shoulder to shoulder with someone at a concert. So the superorganism has so many benefits. There's so many reasons why. We survive, thrive, you know, and um, and 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 really need to be in a superorganism to to be at the top of the food chain because humans are not the the strongest, nor are we 
um, the fastest species. Bears and cheetahs are much stronger and faster, right? But we are by far the most superior um, species because we are actually the best at being a superorganism. We're the best at collaborating, at skill sharing. So someone who's a good engineer can pair up with an artist, can pair up with a um, an interior designer to build a skyscraper, but you could never do that on your own, right? So the superorganism is what makes us the superior species. And um, and I mean, and I say superior, but but because of the shared interest in the shared the shared collaboration of course you know we're also destroying the planet as a collective we're also you know victims of groupthink, and you get you know sort of some dangerous ethnocentrism and and you you get into um some danger zone areas so so yes there's there's the power in the superorganism and there's also the danger of the superorganism that we need to monitor very vigilantly you know that's a that's a great point and especially you know talking about continuing the thermostat metaphor of like these super organisms are just dependent on the energy that's input that is made up of the individuals, right? So it ends up being this kind of collective direction. And if you can be intentional, set the thermostat, then you can make sure that the super organism is behaving in a way that's in alignment with the greater good. You know, and that's like you said, there are a lot of things in history, you know, atrocities that have come from groups coming together in a really strong way and understanding that, you know, again, like community is a catalyst and super organisms are maybe that deliverable of, you know, this amplified effect that people experience in communities. Um, It's a really compelling point for us as leaders to understand the power of community and to design our communities in the right way so that it's actually benefiting and creating what we want to rather than kind of running off track and becoming an issue. Um, So I I think I'm, I'm glad that you kind of qualified that point being like, yeah, we're super organisms and we're superior, but at the same time, like be careful because there, you know, there's a lot of danger to that as well. So I appreciate you kind of being able to qualify that. Thanks. Yeah. I, mean, I think setting the core values, you know, as, as community leaders, um, it's so important The the thermostat as, as community leaders is really the core values, right? So, you know, our core values at Daybreaker are wellness, camaraderie, self-expression, mindfulness and mischief right those are our five core values and all of our partners all of our musicians artists all of the venues we work with all i mean every aspect all the sponsors that we we bring into our events every aspect of events um we think through and we we put them through the lens of our five core values Mm -hmm. and um and and i think that also will create guardrails for your community to know hey do i belong here is this am i someone who identifies as someone as someone who's healthy or well, or focused on wellness. Um, and if so, I feel like this is a community I can connect with. And that's why core values are so important for community members who are curious about joining your community can look at the core values and, and then say to themselves, do I align with these five core values? And if so, let me sort of check it out and see if it's the community that that I can vibe with, right? Um, so, so setting that up on both sides, from the side of the community leader, but then from the side of the community member, um, it's really, really important in being able to identify, um, yeah, if you belong um, to that community. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. And I, I, it's funny because I keep on coming back to like intentions, like you're talking about these core values, like that's basically you setting the culture and the intentions up front, then the people that are in alignment with those intentions, they're attracted to the cause and they join into the community. And I, I just keep coming back to intentions because that's something that I really value myself, right? Like I'm, I try and be very intentional. I try and operate with the best of intentions. So I think that's why I was so drawn to what you're doing because that's, you know, so loud and everything that you're working on as well. 
Um, so yeah, I think intentions are everything. And I'm glad that that is core to the super organism because with the right intentions, you can create something greater than an individual could, you know, with their own resources. Uh, I mean, I think yeah, that's, I was just on that's tour. Exactly we just got back from this nine stadium tour um, with, with Oprah and I'm, and I'm not saying that to name drop. I'm just saying <laughs> that the one thing we talked about um, at every stop of the tour was, I mean, that that was the through the through line of the entire tour um, was, was, was intention, was really being intentional about every aspect of your life. So it was, it was so wonderful to hear it from the queen herself, you know, about, about how, you know, you could be, you know, I say this all the time is like, we can be sleepwalking through life. Um, or we could be really kind of looking at every aspect of our lives, from our friends, from our partners, from how we live, where we live, our work, um, how we gather, um, just every aspect of our lives through the lens of intentionality, even what we wear. You know, I used to think of what, what how we dress, like what what I wore as as vanity, and and I would I would sort of look down on fashion, and and I would really think of it as as something that was very superficial. But then as I got more intentional, like I, and as I became sort of more focused on on building community and you know and and self expression, I realized, wait a minute. You know, if you dress intentionally, you know, in in the way that you you feel most expressed, then that's a form of self expression. That's intentional self expression. That's beautiful. That's awesome. Go you. Mm-hmm. You know, so so I I've totally kind of I look at every aspect of life through the lens of intention. Um, how you eat. I mean, do you inhale your food or do you take time to to chew it and to sort of give thanks every bite and to really savor it? You know, it's every meal can be intentional. It should be intentional. Um, you know, life is, is a beautiful experience if we, if we let it be. And, and like, I have a, I have a 14 month old daughter and, you know, I, I, I meet lots of parents who always say, Oh, it goes by so fast. It's hang on tight. And then, you know, or, or, Oh God, it's, it's so exhausting or what, you know, and, and for me, I look at it, I'm like, I'm trying to really breathe into every moment with intentionality. And I, I'm, I'm really saying to myself, yes, it, it, it does go by fast, but if we really breathe into every moment and we're truly present with our children, um, when we can be, and, and, um, then, then the days are slow, you know, days are long and it, it, it doesn't go by so fast. And the, the first 14 months, they've been beautifully slow and intentional. And, um, and so I really try to, you know, share with parents, let it be slow, let it be like, let it not be fast. It doesn't have to be fast or, you know, um, yeah. I mean, that, that's really it. It's just like things can be slow. If you want them to be slow, they can go fast when, when you want them to be fast. And, And it's, it's really that simple. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you broke it down even to like, what do you have to eat? Right. And, and how do you do that? Because how you do one thing is how you do everything. And what that does is it reinforces your identity of this being a core value of yours, something that you prioritize. And in doing that, you then solidify that and it can accelerate and amplify and become more true about yourself. And, you know, when you become intentional, that's what you want to do is you want to embody that quality. So I, I think it's just like a natural cycle that's it's really it's self-sustaining, but it's also really powerful when we have intention behind it, because that's going to be one of the mechanisms that helps perpetuate it and continue it, um, which is which is great. Um, and then, and then kind of the last topic, and again, going back to something selfishly that I want to talk about, um, because Daybreaker is so awesome is, uh, you know, and, and it kind of lends itself back into core values and intention. 
is is dance because the core values at daybreaker that you just listed i mean that perfectly lends itself to like okay if we're going to exercise these five qualities what are we going to do it's like dance is the perfect way of incorporating all those five things into one but but elaborating just on dance like you're actually pioneering a lot of research when it comes to the physiological benefits of dance like you were talking about dose and how you know dancing's in community and the dopamine oxytocin serotonin endorphins how that is all you know in expression during some of these community events, but dance specifically kind of amplifies those. So would you mind sharing a few findings maybe, or kind of what the future of our physiology looks like using dance as a, as a resource or tool? Absolutely. So, so the first thing is, um, you know, dance is truly the most healing movement modality that exists. And we think of dance often as a party or I need to be drunk or, you know, I'm not a dancer, but walking is dancing, right? And as 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 two year olds, everyone danced uh, without a care in the world. And and as we grew up, we stopped dancing, and and that's how we began sort of having all this energy, all this sort of trauma gets stuck inside of us. So dance really helps to unstick our trauma, and dance really helps to bring us together in such meaningful ways. I mean, dance is the oldest form of cel- you know, celebration ritual. Mm-hmm. If you look back on, in history books, I mean, it's, it's how we truly um, have ritualized every celebration in, in, in the world. And so, you know, dance is part of the human experience. And, um, and what we really want to do now through our, you know, sort of science uh, and research projects I'm working on is is to get is to get dance on the prescription list uh, for doctors. Like that's really my number one goal now is for doctors who prescribe you know drugs, antidepression, anti you know, anxiety meds, or anti whatever um, meds, or or might prescribe meditation practices or you know various. Um, sort of mindfulness practices to really get dance onto that list because dance is meditation in movement form truly you know this is the great alan watts said said this as well he said dance is is meditation in movement form um and and it, it really it really is and if we can get doctors prescribed dance community dance sober community dance um, ideally morning dance when your energy is the most full which is when daybreaker is in the mm-hmm. morning uh, you know, we can really be agents for change and agents to solve our depression, anxiety crisis, our isolation crisis, our loneliness crisis, um, our opioid crisis, our alcoholism crisis. It's just like every major crisis can can honestly be solved with a community and coming together to celebrate life, to move our bodies with reckless abandon, to really move our bodies the way they're meant to move. So even doing a dance class while amazing and special it's very very important for every dance experience to have a free form dance moment um so daybreaker actually it's a two-hour dance experience with multiple kind of led moments but uh, but plenty of space in between to just just let your body move as awkwardly as it wants to <laughs> or as beautifully as it wants to um in exactly the way it's individually meant to move um, to music and to just close your eyes and let go of all self-judgment of judgment of the people around you of your partner you know I used to judge my partner I'm like is he a good dancer I don't even know but then as I you know as I grew up into this community into this 
experience, I was like, wait a minute, that we're all moving is, is beautiful and is special and is courageous and vulnerable and intentional. And all of the things that we talked about today can ladder right back to dance. And so to me, dance, if we can let go and be courageous enough to move our bodies with music as our friend holding our hand, then we're coming home to our courage or coming home to ourselves or coming home to our, our creativity or coming home to the community inside of us. We're coming home to um, the collective experience. I mean, literally dance is that beautiful metaphor for confidence, for self-love, for all of it. And so um, as I became more self-confident in my dancing, I became more self-confident in business. I became more self-confident in love. I became more self-confident standing up for myself, right? So dance really was um, the catalyst in all of that. So it's it's amazing how we don't realize how important dance is um, as it relates to every aspect of our lives, and particularly as it relates to self-confidence. And everything starts with, do I love myself? Am I confident enough to dance and move my body without drinking or drugs? Am I confident enough to, you know, move the way my body is meant to? It doesn't matter how I look. And when I have that confidence, I can bring that confidence to work, um, to my to my fundraising meeting, to my first date that I'm having, to my right. Like, think about it. I mean, it literally is a training ground for every aspect of your life. That's amazing. Like I, I usually end these interviews with like a takeaway that tries to encapsulate everything that we talked about or something that resonates, but like, that's it. Like you just kind of articulated all of the important parts that we laid out of the vulnerability, the intention, then the courage, you know, and, and, and even the, the building, the relationships and the connectedness in the community, like, like dance is pillar to all of that. And you know, not just, you know, today in today's world but also throughout our history. Like that's just, that was such a really amazing reflection. I'm, I'm so glad that you shared that. And I, I've, you know, I've taken it to heart if I'm being honest, you know, outside, you know, I was a dancer before Daybreaker. I'm not going to give you too much credit. You know, I danced before that, but. Um, that's good. Yeah, of course. But, uh, but since reading the book, you know, the kind of the last challenge that you have is to get yourself in front of the mirror and to dance to a song or for a minute, you know, or for some amount of time, just to kind of like start your day and like to really incorporate that. And, you know, I've been, doing that with my partner and it's it's been fun you know it just starts the day off on the right note and I think there's so much power in it and I'm so glad that you're advocating for it because it could be the answer for a lot of people and a lot of the issues that we're experiencing and I'm really um, I'm really honored to to be hearing about it um, kind of from this angle because I have no doubt that it's it's going to be um, something that's pervasive in in culture you know as you said a prescription like that would be awesome I'd love to get the prescribed dance um, but but to eventually get our society to that point where we appreciate the connection, we appreciate the self-expression, and we just appreciate the love that we have within ourselves and for ourselves, um, then this world's going to be a better place. So Rada, thank you. Thank you so, so much for sharing your love, for sharing your light, and for, for being a resource for all of us. Um, I really do appreciate you. Uh, thank you, Brian. I really appreciate this conversation. What a special person. And amid the chaos of corona and related circumstances, she is remaining of service to her community in their shared values. It's amazing to watch certain people respond as leaders and Rada embodies that in every breath. 
I loved this conversation. We talked so much about intentions, which to me are everything. But she goes on to share different ways we can share intentions through the energy we give off by wagging our tail, by being an F yeah friend and setting core values that attract and retain the right people. We talked about how we need to be courageous and vulnerable with our intentions so that others find safety and community and belonging within them. And we talked about her community, Daybreaker, and specifically how dance has been a vehicle to encourage others to connect and express themselves in a healthy and required way. Daybreaker is truly a special experience, and while usually it's offered in person where you get to touch and feel and hug those around you, with coronavirus, the show goes on, and Rada is hosting virtual dance events called Daybreaker Live. In fact, the next one is coming up soon on April 4th. It's only $15 to attend. It can be accessed through a Zoom link, and it's a really fun morning. It starts at 11 a.m. Eastern time with a yoga session so that we first connect with our bodies, then gets into the dancing portion where you feel everyone's energy from around the world as we come together to create a beautiful super organism. You can get tickets at www.daybreaker.com city live or by clicking the link in the description for this episode. I'll be there and you should too. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. It really means the world to me. Stay strong and please reach out to me if you have anything you want to talk about or need to express. I'll be back tomorrow. This is Self-Improvement Daily.